The other side has always got the home field advantage. That's the way we got to play this game. We must talk because media not talking about Senate race in Pennsylvania talk. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Folks, I, far be it for me to make fun of somebody's very serious mental condition, but it's no laughing matter, and I have to bring this to your attention about what's going on with uh, Democrat Senate nominee John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. The guy is leading in every single poll, anywhere between 5 and 15 points, believe it or not. Uh, this despite the fact that he suffered a major stroke uh, right before the, the primary election that made him a candidate. Spent, I can't even remember how many weeks in the hospital. Uh, he's got a growth on his neck that we just found out about on Monday. It looks like, seriously, it looks like something out of a David Cronenberg movie. You expect this thing to open up and have teeth and for some tentacle creature to crawl out and come come right at you. Mm-hmm. Um and there was a speech. I'm just going to show you this clip. It's a greatest misses collection from a speech at a pro-abortion rally where it, uh, that he was the, uh, the headline act on Sunday. So here you go. You didn't have a doctor in your life making fun of it, making light of it, or telling you that you're not fit to be served. Can you describe... Uh, a stroke and what you know what's happened if so i i use the example so pretend i was i want to go to wegmans it's such the most important race for the senate here for 22. we have to replace pat toomey oh no, no. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He, Pat Toomey is a miracle. He had a chance, he had a chance to match me up again. Abortion is the ballot now in November. Uh, Scott, you are a uh, formal pen former Pennsylvania resident, uh, born and raised. Uh, you've seen a lot of crazy stuff politically there. Um, but maybe nothing quite like this from a Senate candidate. And would it surprise you to learn, I went to the uh, local TV stations in uh, in Pittsburgh looking for their coverage of this, and every story I found, it only run a minute or a minute and a half, every story I found edited just the very best parts of his speech at this pro-abortion rally, and nobody talked about the fact that this guy is not in good shape. He belongs in rehab. Yeah, and and it's a terrible, sad thing too. Um, you know, yeah. and I saw the clip obviously, like our audience just did, um, and I'm always. Uh, a little skeptical anytime I see an edited version of anything, sure. just knowing the power of editing these days and frankly, the power of of other kinds of new technological advances that incorporate uh, artificial intelligence algorithms and things like that. Nevertheless, you're in a campaign, you have a stroke, The somebody from the party needs to step in and say, hey, John, this is not your night. 
Um, this is, a, yeah. you, you need to heal, you need to get better, and we need to find somebody who can step in here. I mean, it would seem to me that so-called Dr. Uh, Oz would be well-positioned to be the voice of sanity here uh, without coming across as self-interested. Um, but I, I just don't understand people who think that politics is such an important thing that it's willing to risk their health, that, it's, that you're willing, or frankly, that one man is so important that you're willing to risk your whole party um, or your senator on 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 this one race. So it's just when I see clips like this it just makes me profoundly sad for the state of uh, of the of our political enterprise that nobody has the guts to step up and say, "Hey John, it's it's time to get a little bed rest, do some exercise, follow doctor's orders. Let's get you up and going for the next cycle." Yeah, uh Bill, I I went to Scott first because I really wanted to get to the 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 humanity of this thing and I I knew Scott would go there. Um, but over to you, there is a real, I don't know what other word to use here, but a real bloodlessness, a real callousness on the part of the National Democratic Party that allows this kind of thing to continue. Um, what does that kind of, I don't know, power lust tell you about today's modern Dems? Well, well, first of all, I want to thank you for being your go-to guy when you need some inhumanity. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh... This seems to be, I'm not aware, immediately coming to mind of any Republican examples, but you've got Fetterman. Uh, Joe Biden is clearly not all there mentally. I, I believe he had a stroke. He did not have that one-sided smile before. He just didn't. And, and that's usually an indication of a stroke. But clearly, Joe Biden's not the person he was when he was vice president. And I frankly wasn't too impressed with him then either. But this, clearly, something's happened since then. I remember in the 2016 campaign when Hillary Clinton was stumbling, falling, had to be held up, had to be, you know, pushed into cars, you know, having these bizarre reactions. There was something wrong with her, clearly. She banged her head, man. She fell down, got a concussion, banged her head, and and she was clearly unwell during that campaign. Um, and what I think this does is it goes to show you what we are up against uh, because what it's exactly what Scott said he didn't understand that politics could be that important, but it is that important. It is a life or death issue for them on some weird, sick level. These are the equivalent of their army veterans or, or Marine veterans on, on Iwo Jima, you know, oh, the guy got shot through both legs and he managed to crawl up the hill and plant the flag. You know, that's how seriously they take this. And it's also, if you just take, even take the Democrats, aspect of it aside, because like I say, I can't think of a Republican example, but I'm sure there are some. It is an indication of something deeper than that, and that is the the the, the lust for political power that that not only people have, but that parties have. The man is not well, and he needs to be, and he needs for his own good to step aside. That doesn't mean you lose the election. The same thing applies to Biden. Same thing applied to Hillary Clinton. No way. They will go to their graves on, on this, and, and, and their party doesn't seem to want to do anything about it. And as long as they have the invisible ring provided by the news media, as you just pointed out, where you edit out all of the, all of the flubs, you edit out all of the stumbling, you edit out all this stuff. How would how would you know that Hillary Clinton was was having fainting spells or collapsing or how would you know that Joe Biden can't finish sentences when they don't air those things if you're not looking for them? So 
my operational theory on a general level about politics, Steve, is if you want the job, you shouldn't be able to have it. And the more you want it, the less you should be able to have it. And if you and if you are the kind of person who is willing to uh, put your life on the line to get it, and and not just your life, by the way, you, you know, I, I talked about this on Virtue Signal with Zoe last time. I know this is a quaint old fashioned term. Most of you have to look it up, but your dignity as well, right? I mean, your yeah. dignity, you're, you're just, you know, you're just, you're just making a complete fool out of yourself. And in the cases, I think probably of at least Fetterman and Biden, although I'm not sure about Clinton, I think in the case of Fetterman and Biden, they are essentially unaware of just how dysfunctional they are. And you're now at the point when you have to ask yourself, does anybody love these people enough to, to, to get them off this, this thing, which is, which is by all accounts about the most brutal thing process you can go through is being in an American election. No one cares enough about them to get them to, to get them off of this train. The problem is I suspect most of the people closer to them are completely in favor of them soldiering on, even if it kills them. I don't want it to kill them. I don't want it to kill Joe Biden. I, well, I don't want it to kill those two anyway. I don't want it to kill Fetterman anyway. Uh, so my point is, uh, is, is that this is an indication of how important politics is to some people, how it trumps humanity, health, dignity, and, 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 and most important of all, which we haven't talked about is this person is running for high office. If they're incapacitated and they win the election, that's the thing we should be most worried about, right? Is that we have, we would have a, a governor or, or, or a president who's not able to function. And, and somebody's going to be doing that job. And that means that person doing that job is going to be unidentified and unelected. And we should not have tolerated any of this ever. And it's going to get worse until it gets better. Yeah, indeed. You know, I, you reminded me, Bill, I came of age politically in the, uh, in the 80s and 90s. And I'll never forget this. Ronald Reagan had, had a kind of semi-successful career as an actor, but he didn't find uh, a real success or personal fulfillment until he gave up the acting to run the, the Screen Actors Guild. And that is what brought him into politics. And he was he was a Roosevelt Democrat originally. And if you read his uh, his personal diaries that have been uh, uh, have been collected and, and published in book form, they read like an evolution of political philosophy. This is uh, this is mm -hmm. good reading. It's it's deep reading. It's yeah, fascinating it's wa reading. Watching it's, him become Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it, there's a real deep mind there, a serious thinker, and yet he was labeled the amiable, amiable dunce, bedtime for Bonzo, and that's that's the label the media stuck him with, and that's the one that he was stuck with. Um, you, you flash forward to uh, George H.W. Bush. He got the flu once on a uh, overseas trip, threw up on the Japanese prime minister, and forever after that, he was the president who threw up on the Japanese Prime Minister. And Dan Quayle, of course, uh, maybe not the world's best speaker, but after he uh, read off of a misprinted cue card at a spelling bee, uh, the wrong spelling of tomato, he got branded as the guy who couldn't spell. Potato. And these labels stuck. They stuck to Republicans. We've got his... Bill just listed all of Biden's deficiencies, as uh, all three of us have just told you and shown you. John Fetterman's deficiencies, and yet none of these things are the talk of the land. They're the things we're not allowed to talk about. They're the things that get you kicked off at Twitter. They're the things that get you suspended from Facebook. 
It's narrative control. The other side has always got the home field advantage. That's the way we got to play this game. So we'd sure appreciate your support at BillWhittle.com. Hit that notification button here on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up, all that good stuff. That helps keep us on the air, and it helps us getting these messages out to you. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time.